Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. And now, Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Check out our amazing offers on internet and learn about the latest breakthrough from Xfinity. Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. That's more than enough speed to power all your devices and then some. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible x gateway. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Your favorite White Sox podcast is a new name, but the same great taste. It's time to talk shop and talk socks on the Sox Machine podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Thanks, Rob, and welcome to Sox Machine Live. I'm your host, Josh Nelson, and it is a sad day for White Sox fans. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not too sad. It's the White Sox just recap their two-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, uh, man, both games look like it would go the White Sox way. But, again, the bullpen fails. And today, on Wednesday, May 9th, it was Nate Jones who couldn't close out the three-run lead in the ninth inning. We'll recap the series and rave about what is going on at Birmingham and preview the upcoming series against the Chicago Cubs as the Crosstown Classic begins at Wrigley Field. And joining me on Sox Machine Live is the managing editor of SoxMachine.com and the co-host of the podcast, it's Jim Margulis. And hello, Jim. I'm running out of ways to explain how this season has been off to a brutal start. Any ideas on how to explain how this season is going and what happened today? Well, not really. I mean, it's really... A, when it comes to the bullpen and, and the order of things, and we've talked about, you know, Joaquin Soria, whether he's a true closer, whether he, he has the stuff for it, and the idea was throw Nate Jones back there. <laughs> and, you know, the, we, we've watched the, uh, you know, pitchers kind of stretch the bullpen out and force them to cover way too many innings. And, you know, here's a start where Reynold Lopez pitches into the eighth. Great job. Jace Fry strikes out both batters he faces. Great job. You know, Jones hasn't pitched in a couple days, so it's, you know, all set up for him. He's rested and ready, and he just gets assaulted. So, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where 
you watch it and you try to think along with Rick Renteria and you look at uh, you know his options and such, and there really aren't any good ones at any point except for you know maybe Jace Fry, uh, and, and surprising we're saying that at this point in the season. Why not? I mean, Nate Jones is one of these guys that you would think that Rick Renteria can count on. And if he can't count on Nate Jones, and I understand this is one bad outing from Nate Jones in 14 games this year. He has pitched 14 in a third innings, and he's only given up seven earned runs, and four of them came today. However, out of those 14 and a third innings, only four clean innings so far, Jim. And by clean, I mean no base runners allowed so Jones has been finding ways to get himself into trouble even if he's coming into games picking up or trying to clean up the mess right for a starting pitcher or for Mm -hmm. another reliever to get out of a high leverage situation Uh, today Jones didn't have anyone on base clean inning and he's up by three and he still puts himself into trouble is there anything with his stuff or maybe pitch selection that is screaming danger well, it just looks like his, you know, especially a game like today where they, I think they hit four runs on eight pitches or something like that. Like, uh, you know, I, I kind of had to speed watch it to catch up because I was at work, thankfully, during the game. So I didn't see all of it uh, go down in real time. But, you know, trying to catch up on it, it looked like it was all, you know, first pitches and, you know, his fastball, you know, looking at the velocity, I checked that. I thought it was down maybe more, but it's only down maybe one mile per hour based on you know his previous highs. Um, but it doesn't look look like he can reach back for the powerful stuff yet, like the, the 99 and 100 that he could touch before. And the slider doesn't look like a weapon at all. It looks like it's uh, either hangs it or spikes it. He's not really getting the kind of movement uh, that you would think would, uh, uh, or you would expect from him that he's had in the past. Um, yeah, I haven't looked into it more fully. Uh, in terms of whether it's just bad location, whether it's break, um, you know, whether it's just a lack of movement, but he's just not getting the slider where he wants to get it to, and they're crushing it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of a, t- a two-front thing where he's not throwing his best fastball, but, you know, when you look at the velocity, you know, it's just not quite um, – it, it just seems like hitters can sit on it. So maybe, you know, in ordinary seasons where he has all his stuff working, his slider is a weapon – Maybe losing that mile per hour doesn't hurt, but if they're only looking fastball or, you know, for spinning sliders in the case of Moran's homer, um, then it seems like he's quite easy to hit. Yeah, it's just disappointing. I mean, he's got to be someone that the White Sox can count on, even if it's to July, right? He is the most tradable asset that the White Sox have. And I know on Twitter that there are White Sox fans trying to be the voice of reason. And trying to say that, hey, Ronaldo Lopez had a great start today. Yes, we know the bullpen sucks. Does anyone really think that this bullpen is going to be around in 2020? And uh, I get where those fans are coming from. My problem with that is, one, Rick Hahn has to rebuild a bullpen. So he's got to find out now. Or he's going to have to spend a lot of money to fix this bullpen if this team even wants to sniff being competitive in the next year or two. And we've seen how much money, Jim, in free agency some of the top relievers get. Somebody's got to prove something out of this bullpen. And, you know, with Jones, I don't know. It's just really disappointing. He is the most tradable asset for the White Sox. So, yes, he is important to the rebuild because he is somebody that can get someone of interest that you can add into your pipeline and maybe can help you down the road. If he does not clean up some of this mess and if teams are not as comfortable 
and having Nate Jones handle high leverage situations based on what they are watching out of these games, um, then if the White Sox even want to move Jones, they may not be able to get the best return. Again, it is early in the season. It is early May, but I'm hoping that Nate Jones can turn it around and he can have more dominant outings like we've seen in the past, or at least clean outings where he's not allowing a base runner just because it would be nice if the White Sox can move Jones to get a couple more pieces into the bullpen. And for Nate Jones' sake, I mean, good Lord, you're pitching for a team now that's 9-25, and 25, man. I'm, I can understand you wanting to be loyal to the White Sox because this is your first team, but you could move on to a contender, you know? I don't know. That's my rant about Nate Jones today. It was quite disappointing, and I, I, I laughed when the home run. Yeah. When Colin Moran hit that home run, Jim, I laughed because why not? Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, part part of it's I laugh to keep from crying, and uh, and <laughs> you know that's really part of it. It's just kind of a defense mechanism at this point, a, a callus. But um, I just feel bad for the people who who go. You know, and I know there's you know oh, I know uh, I know the attendance thing is is overblown, or you know that that's a sore subject and such. And and yeah, I'm not blaming the the fans for not showing up, but the people who do show up and they you know pay season tickets. Yeah, you, know, you, you see two games against Pittsburgh. You know, both of them had you know were uplifting. You know, White Sox take a four nothing lead in the first game, uh, blow that one immediately. They build a you know carefully build a lead. Um, you know, even they got the insurance run in the eighth inning. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you know, the eighth, you know usually we've seen games where they you know build an early lead, get a couple homers, can't add on to it against the bullpen. The lead just kind of erodes. Uh, one big swing in the ninth inning, and and you just feel like oh, if only they could add. You know, only if the offense just hung around. You know, and then they come up with back-to-back doubles in the eighth inning, and you know, like a responsible offense, like a major league team. You know, the defense is good, the position players held up their end of the bargain. You know, on both sides of the ball, and then the pitching just completely craps the bed. And and you know, fans sitting there for two games just don't you know, leave the ballpark feeling like crap. <laughs> and you know, it's it, it's even if you expect a losing season, it just you know, it's one thing to get out talented by a team and just, you know, lose a game, you know, like say the first game, they lose a 10 to six, you know, it, it's in isolation. Uh, you know, G Lito going to have games like that as a young pitcher. Uh, the offense showed up. There were some highlights. The bullpen just had to cover way too many innings, you know, big deal, but paired with this one uh, where, you know, if you can't expect to win under these circumstances, you know, with a three run lead in the ninth inning and your best reliever in there, uh, what do you got? What can you feel good about? So, you know, that's why I feel bad about it. And so while, you know, I'm inclined to laugh and joke it off myself because, you know, I'm the one spending time on this. You know, I just feel bad for other people who may be, you know, even more invested in it, you know, maybe, you know, both emotionally and financially. Three and 15 at home. Yeah. You got to have oh, some pride. Yeah. Oh, and 10 against uh, non. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yeah, I wrote about in the athletic, but now they're 0 and 10 in series that aren't against the Royals. They can't even split a series. You know, they yeah. can't split a series where they lead the first game 4 nothing in the first inning and, and have the start of throw 50 pitches. They can't split a series when they have a three-run lead in the ninth inning. Yeah, it's, it's really pathetic. You got to have some pride. I don't yeah. want to call players out, but I mean, come on, guys. 3-15 and 15 at home? And something else that came up after the game, Rick Renteria told the media that he benched Lurie Garcia because he wasn't hustling down first base. I don't know. This is starting to get a little bit old, Jim, with the old school tactic of pulling players and pulling starters out of the game for a quote unquote lack of hustle. 
especially when you have Yohan Mikata, who is now on the 10-day DL with a strained hamstring, right? And, yeah. and Avi's healing from a hamstring injury as well. And I wasn't able to see this part, but did Nicky Delmonico crash at first? He did. He uh, crashed right into Josh Bell. Was, was that like a hustle player? Like, it was, was that a- Josh Bell got lost and walked directly into the base running path of Nicky Delmonico, and it was like a car accident. Okay, because uh, I didn't see that one. But yeah, when, when I watched the bunt, because I saw the benching, and I thought, okay, let me see what this is about. And you know, he pulled a bunt right at Bell. He was going to lose the foot race unless you know Bell fell down. Um, you know, it seemed like an appropriate time to not go all out. He didn't like pull up and, you know, I expected that maybe he stopped or maybe he jogged it once he bunted it, but he ran hard about, uh, 60 feet down the line and then just, uh, pulled up once he saw that he wasn't going to win the foot race. So then you have, you know, then you, you know, uh, thinking about, uh, you know, the other news today where Jake Berger, you know, re-injured his Achilles and, you know, he, he tore his Achilles just running out a, run, running out hard, a, um, just a routine grounder to the left side. And this was, you know, uh, this was the kind of play where, you know, you don't think he's going to, you don't think anybody's going to tear their, rupture their Achilles and any kind of grounder, but this is the case where you're going to lose the foot race. You don't need to go all out, just, you know, be around in case, you know, some kind of weird bounce happened, but that was past that point. So I didn't see why, you know, it was such an objectionable, so objectionable that he broke it down at the time that he did. I just find it petty at this point. It, it seems like maybe, you know, a bit of desperation on Renteria's part, like trying to do something. I think this is a quick way to piss off your players. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it be. I mean, you're three and 15 guys are going on the DL for now having to give 110% on every single ground ball, even though, you know, you're going to be out and it's not like they're stopping short at first base. Yeah. That's what I expected when I saw a pull. I expected something a lot worse, but it just seems like maybe Renteria is, is, uh, you know, trying too hard himself. Well, I guess as a manager, what can you do at this moment? Yeah. I, you, that's the only power he's got, Jim is the lineup and who is on the field. What is he going to do? He's going to yell at Don Cooper for how bad the bullpen is. Yeah. Poor, poor Cooper. I mean, I know that he is changing the rebuild timeline, which I'm glad that you called him out today on SoxMachine.com. Jim wrote a great piece that the rebuild is not two months in. Come on, Don. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly – Again, this is just head scratching. We talked a little bit about this on Monday with my bee in my bonnet, uh, yes. my mini meltdown as far as me. But you know, some some of these guys need to step up. They they need to step up because there's no way that the Rick Hahn is going to overturn a 25 man roster in two years. Yeah, I think it just yeah it has to be in the like this is the game where it is just the bullpen because the defense played fine. Defense made some terrific plays. Yeah. Uh, Jose Rondon, I mean, he replaced Louis Garcia, but man, that was a great play up the middle. Adam Engel, Adam Engel, yeah. finally making good plays in center field. This was an all-around good game, but if you cannot trust Nate Jones, if you cannot trust Joaquin Soria, the wins are not going to come, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just going to be uh, even well, more, so you- I guess, depressing. Yeah, even the first game where Giolito, you know, gave some hits and some of it was, you know, not great defensive execution. And so it was kind of a, a combination of Giolito not pitching great and not getting a little bit more help when he really could have used some. And, and so I think, you know, in that game, you blame Giolito 85 percent. The defense added a little bit of 15 percent. In this case, it was just 
uh, you know, from what I saw, and, and, and maybe I missed something, but, you know, um, you know, Lopez gave a couple of homers, but those seem to be responsible homers, you know, just pitching with a lead, pitch not wanting to load the bases and, and make one swing worth it. So I gave a couple solo shots, big deal. You know, he pitched in the eighth. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to the three-run lead and just getting spanked around, that's really, um, yeah, it's... What, what more, you know, how can you feel good about this team when something like that happens? Well, I how guess. How can you ever feel good? That's, I, that's really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I mean, they're 9-25. and 25, They're 3-15 and 15 at home. There's no way you can sweeten that up. I mean, here are some silver linings. Ronaldo Lopez today, as Jim, you mentioned, pitched into the eighth inning, seven and one-thirds innings on 100 pitches thrown, allowed three hits. Two of them were home runs. Two walks and six strikeouts. Terrific outing for Manolo Lopez. Daniel Polka, three for three with a home run. He also had a double today. I know he's hot or cold, but the man is putting up some numbers since he's been called up to Chicago. Yomer Sanchez is hitting 302 on the season now as he's just continuing to progress as a major leaguer. And Wellington Castillo, the free agent signing for the White Sox, he's starting to warm up. He had two home runs in the first game against the Pirates. And today in game two is two for four with that clutch RBI double in the eighth inning, as Jim mentioned before. And with Castillo, the question I have with Wellington, Jim, is is it time to ignore breaking up the right-handers in the lineup and have Castillo bat behind Jose Abreu at cleanup? Because I keep seeing Nicky Delmonico penciled in at cleanup, and Jim, he's struggling to slug over 300 at the moment. Yeah, I think Delmonico can, you know, be knocked down or or even, you know, moved up if if need be. Like, you know, he's having good at bats, he's getting on base. He runs the bases all right. He just, you know, he's not really driving the ball when he needs to. Um, yeah, I I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I know he'd walked more than he'd hit with runners in scoring position. Like it seems like when he's at the plate, he battles, but he's not able to do the damage himself. He kind of, you know, when it's when it's a successful at bat for him, he kind of passes the buck to the guy behind him try to drive a uh, run in. So, you know, it doesn't seem like he's scoring anything up. And so, yeah, I'd like to get him out of there and, and, and maybe knock him down a little bit. But uh, yeah, Castillo, I think the one, the one drawback with him being a middle of the order guy or stacking him with righties is that he is vulnerable to right-handed pitching. Um, at least he has been in the past. So you can, you can line up somebody who hammers ready. Abreu is, you know, handles righties okay. But I think, you know, Castillo might, you know, let, a managers off the hook easily. So I think you'd like to have a lefty in front of him and a lefty behind him if possible. But, you know, given that, uh, you know, they're, uh, Neo still is stuck at nine wins. I don't think individual lineups matter at this point. I think it's just a matter of, hmm. you know, trying, just trying to get good hitters up front and seeing what order they smash things. Well, DeMonica only has five extra base hits. Yeah. Into the year. It's just not really great contact. No. I mean, Daniel Polka's got more extra base hits, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, Polka, yeah, like Polka's uh, homer is impressive. Like, uh, yeah, I'd written about it, and it seems like he was just jumping into everything in the first pitch, and uh, you know, they were able to kind of pull the string on him you know, by going to change-ups or curveballs or sliders. You know, anything slow, he just really didn't have much of a beat on, and he's still swinging at it. And in this case, Trevor Williams throws him a first-pitch change-up, and Somehow he stays back and he just pokes it in the left field stands. He's a strong guy. Very strong. He's got a lot of power behind him. Speaking of power, let's stop talking about the White Sox because it makes us depressing. And we'll talk about something that makes us happy. 
which is the Birmingham Barons. But first, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. I have the SeatGeek app on my smartphone, and I use it all the time to buy Chicago White Sox tickets. And for this upcoming series against the Chicago Cubs, for those that would like to go up to Wrigley for the Crosstown Classic, SeatGeek has some terrific deals for the Friday game. Uh, They have tickets as cheap as $57 for Saturday and Sunday, obviously in the afternoon on the weekend. These are going to be very popular games, but SeatGeek does have tickets starting at $93 for Saturday per ticket and Sunday at $81. And what's even better is that in the month of May, there's two ways that you can save using SeatGeek. One, if you've never used SeatGeek before, download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com and enter promo code SOXMACHINE to save $20 off your first purchase. And for those that have used SeatGeek, for the month of May, use promo code MACHINE and you get $10 off Major League Baseball tickets. Again, that's promo code MACHINE for $10 off on Major League Baseball tickets. If you don't use it this weekend, you can use it for the next time that the White Sox come on a homestand or maybe use it to buy tickets in August and September when hopefully Eloy Jimenez comes up and you can snag yourself a great deal. So again, download the SeatGeek app or visit SeatGeek.com. And speaking of Eloy Jimenez, Jim, Birmingham Barons. Pretty soon, this podcast is going to go from Sox Machine to Barons Machine. I thought it, I thought about that uh, <laughs> with my live show or my um, wake up call. I, I heard that. That was terrific. The Birmingham Barons are seventeen and sixteen on the year as they beat the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. What the heck's a Wahoo? Sixteen to three, a beatdown by Birmingham. Why are we talking about the Birmingham Barons? Well, Eloy Jimenez is on a nine game multi-hit streak that's two plus hits in nine straight games today he had two doubles on the season gym Eloy Jimenez is hitting 346 with a 375 on base percentage slugging 704 slugging 704 and double a this is after starting the year zero for 10 in his last 10 games Jimenez is 20 for 44 hitting with a batting average of 455 so it begs the question, Jim, is it time for Eloy Jimenez to face AAA pitching? Absolutely, yes, because I will be there Friday. <laughs> Get him on the plane in yep. Birmingham and fly him to Charlotte. Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. Man, what a Friday that would be. Kopech, Jimenez? Yep. Now, I imagine it'll be... A couple more weeks just because of the Super 2 deadline. Uh, I think, yeah. So I think right now, if you, you know, with with Jimenez being the way he is, I think if he goes to Charlotte, playing in a smaller part, he's making Birmingham look tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte's even smaller. I mean, if he does, yeah, if he hits the ball in, 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 in Charlotte like he's hitting it in Birmingham, yeah, it's going to be a, like with Kopech, you know, trying to wait him out and, and trying to, justify keeping him down when you know they're using chris volstead and uh hector santiago and you know just it's the rotation's a mess um you know it, it would be another long three weeks to justify having eloy in uh charlotte for you know three weeks when he's crushing the ball and probably looks ready i mean like 
Yeah, I saw some people asking the question if he were, you know, playing in double uh, yeah, A, could he go straight to Chicago? Would that hurt him? Maybe not. Um, and I think if the White Sox were starved for production or say if, you know, like um, Avi Garcia went down and they needed every win, perhaps they would try calling up Jimenez directly from Birmingham. But since they don't, you know, it makes sense to you know, promote him to Charlotte, see if there are any issues there, you know, so they can't be accused of rushing him. Um, and then you yeah, have the financial incentive as well, the Super 2. But I think if you were to go to Charlotte and, you know, slug 700 there, you'd be sitting around for three weeks wondering, you know, what's the wait for? And yeah, I don't know if they feel like justifying that yet. So I can see him hitting the, the 50 game mark in uh, in Birmingham for double A and then going up from there. Well, Ailey Jimenez has played 38 games in his young career in double A. He's hitting 349 with a 385 on base percentage and slugging 638. That's a combination yeah. of what he did last year and this year with 10 home runs in 38 games, 13 doubles and 30 runs batted in. I am so excited to see him. He is what's given me hope and something mm-hmm. to look forward to in this godforsaken season that has started yeah. for the White Sox. I just think it's time. Like I get it with the Super 2, but nobody's blocking him in Charlotte. Nobody's blocking him. And it does not it just doesn't seem like he is having a challenge in Double A. So Rick Hahn along with the Toronto Blue Jays with Vlad Guerrero Jr., who is just also equally on fire in AA. The Blue Jays and the White Sox are being forced to make a decision here quickly on two budding superstars. Elo Jimenez is 21, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is 19. Yeah, I saw Han mention that he likes to wait until, you know, ideally they'd wait until the breaks in order to do it. And I think partially it's because, um, one, it's like a lot easier to you know, reorganize and, and move a whole bunch of people when there aren't games. And then the other part, I think, is that, uh, you know, when it comes to the affiliates and affiliate health, you know, getting them to a first half championship and having, you know, that playoff boost, a couple extra games for their prospects, uh, you know, potential championship for their affiliates, you know, it's all well and good and, and kind of healthy for the system. So I think, you know, if Jimenez were looking maybe a little bit worse, you know, maybe they could justify, you know, waiting until that, uh, you know, all-star break. But, um as Rick Hahn likes to say, the good ones have a way of forcing the issue, and this looks like issue forcing to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. By the way, Birmingham does host the Double A All Star Game this year on June nineteenth. So if you are right, Jim, with Rick Hahn keeping Jimenez there at least for the first half, uh, uh, yeah, what a great sight for so. Birmingham to see. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't think I don't yeah. think so either. I'd like to, but he can't. Yeah, I I, I think by Memorial Day, Mister Jimenez will be in Charlotte, if not sooner because he is pressing the issue uh also pressing again Sebi Zavala three straight games with the home run he's got nine on the year nine home runs by Sebi Zavala uh great thing for him today hitting a home run uh, when I got a chance to speak with him in Birmingham uh, he played for Tony Gwynn in San Diego and just raves about that experience and he's just blessed and grateful to have that opportunity to learn from one of the greatest hitters of all time uh, and hitting a home run uh, in honor of his late coach today would, would, would have been Tony Gwynn's 58th birthday uh, is a cool moment. And Zach Collins, we talked about him on Monday. We want Collins' batting average to be about 270, 280 to feel a little bit more comfortable about his odds taking on more advanced pitching. His batting average is now up to 247, so 
30 or 40 more points higher. And uh, who knows, maybe he'll join Jimenez in Charlotte in the second half of the year. Uh, if he continues to start, continues to rake because he made a stance change. It's helped with his timing and Collins looks a lot better. So I guess the good news is, is that if the White Sox continue to play poorly this weekend uh, in Wrigley Field, uh, at least we have Birmingham and Winston-Salem, Jim. Yep. Or and for I you, think Winston, Charlotte. Yeah, Winston-Salem, <laughs> I think, is winning big too. So well, yeah. seven to four. So, Well, it just helps. If, 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 if you promote Jimenez to Charlotte, you can also promote someone from Winston-Salem and give them an opportunity to start getting a head start in double A. Yeah, and, although it looks like Basabi left uh, today's game early. Oh, no. Well, you got Luis Robert coming back soon. He's starting to take videos on his Instagram, Jim, of him batting practice. Is he wearing a shirt? I don't know. <laughs> Does that matter? No, just like that's whenever, uh, whenever I checked Instagram, like whenever somebody mentioned news about uh, Luis Robert on Instagram, he was always like, I wasn't sure he owned a shirt until he showed up in spring training. You know, Jim, if I had the physique oh, of Louis Robert, <laughs> I would not be wearing shirts. Yeah. No, just uh, whenever his Instagram is mentioned, I just picture like no shirts allowed. <laughs> oh, well, before we preview the Cubs series, another word from our sponsor, Simple Contacts. It's the most easy, most convenient and easiest way to renew your contact lens prescriptions and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. It's vision care for the 21st century. Instead of heading to the doctor every single year to renew your prescription for something you wear every day, take a few minutes out of your day to do it on your time and your own terms. If you need to renew your prescription, take a five-minute vision test from your phone or computer at simplecontacts.com. It's reviewed by a licensed doctor, and you receive a renewed prescription, and you can reorder your contacts. All you, all you need is your current contacts and internet con- a internet connection and 10 feet of space. I also want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts. And Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. Compare that with an annual appointment, which could be $250 without insurance. And they have some of the best prices on contacts and also, shipping is free. Best of all, Sox Machine listeners get $30 off their first Simple Contacts order. To get $30 off, just go to simplecontacts.com slash socks and enter promo code socks at checkout. Again, that is simplecontacts.com slash socks and promo code socks at checkout for $30 off your contact lenses. Now, let's preview the upcoming series. It's one of our favorite series of the year, Jim. Sarcasm. It is Cubs and White Sox, the Crosstown hey. Classic, starting hey. in Wrigley Field. Uh, it's funny, Jim, being in Chicago, all I heard on Monday was panic. Panic about the Cubs, that they're only one game above 500. The offense is lacking. You, Darvish, has the floonies on the 10-day DL. You got sports columnists questioning his toughness because in Chicago, we're tough and we're gritty. And you don't go on the DL with the flu. You know what cures 
Those Blues is facing the Miami Marlins for three games. Follow that up with the Chicago White Sox because the Cubs swept the Miami Marlins big time. And they are now 19 and 15 on the season after they face the White Sox, they face the Reds. So this is a prime opportunity for the Cubs to get themselves a big cushion on their win-loss record. And your probable pitchers for this upcoming weekend series, all games are at 1.20 p.m. Central Time. Good luck getting home on Friday, folks. It'll be Carson Fulmer against Tyler Chatwood on Friday. Saturday, it is the veterans, James Shields against John Lester. And on Sunday, it is Lucas Giolito against Kyle Hendricks. Jim, what is key for the White Sox in this series? That they, they must win at least one game to avoid the worst start to a season. It took 36 games for the 1948 White Sox to reach their 10th victory. Can the White Sox do it? Can they steal a game away from the Cubs? Maybe the first one. Um, it's going to be tough. And you know, I thought you were going to say they're going to need to win a game in order to have a chance to win the Crosstown Cup because the Cubs have that now. So a season split uh, will keep it on the north side and everybody cares about that. But Chatwood's <laughs> the interesting guy. I mean, you know, we talked about Chatwood last year and he was kind of an interesting guy to me and, and you know, maybe a buy low candidate, and they ended up being a. His, a lot of team study was a buy low candidate. He ended up getting a nice three year deal when other pitchers had a harder time. He's walking a lot of guys, so um, you know I could see that being a case where you know he's got twenty seven walks in thirty two innings. That's a ton. So I mean, I can see that you know maybe on a, on a warm day at Wrigley Field where you know that uh, acts up on him. The White Sox are able to hit a couple homers, and maybe you know they steal one there, but. Uh, yeah, like Lester's been tough on the White Sox. Hendricks has been, t- you know, he's pitching pretty well. So, um, yeah, especially when you look at the way Giolito's been pitching and, and you know, he's hard to tell. And, you know, Shields has been good, but, you know, it's, you know, he's a fly ball pitcher and you never know in, uh, in a series at Wrigley. So it's not looking great. <laughs> and uh, so I hope that they're able to, you know, I guess when when you look at the way they, they battled against Nova in the first inning and the w- way they they you know, handled, uh, you know, Trevor Williams pretty well. I think their offense has had some nice at bats. And I think if you're able to draw walks against Chatwood, um, you know, that one might be the one where they can pile up some runs and at least get on the board and <laughs> get that 10th win. Yeah. Cause on Monday, I don't want to talk about that. This is the worst started White Sox history. I like to avoid that. Yeah. I mean, as, a, as somebody writes about it, it's a lot more convenient just to say worst than, <laughs> well, it's, you know, the worst since this year or whatever. You know, so I think, uh, you know, part of me is like, I just root for shorthand and being able to, like when Adam Dunn, you know, nearly qualified for the worst batting title ever, he had to say, well, he's the, you know, he had the worst batting average for a guy with 450 plate appearances. And he'd just rather say worst that qualified or worst ever, you know? So in the interest of uh, brevity, you know, I don't, yeah, I guess it doesn't bother me that much. They're bad, but yeah, it's just, uh, I think for a lot of people's sanity, I think I'd like to see a win or two and it'd be great to, you know, eventually win a series somewhere that is in Kansas city. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. One day, probably not in the month of May because after this, the White Sox will finally start playing the Cleveland Indians. And this is how I want to wrap up the show. The Indians won today. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers. It is May 9th, Jim. No team in the American League Central is above 500. Does that make you angry? Um, It would if, or I guess it'd be more frustrating if the White Sox looked better. You know, maybe if they were uh, Mike Moustakis or, um, you know, a starting pitcher or, or you know, really if, if they just spent, you know, a 
$10 million contract on somebody, you know, for the year. <laughs> I could see that being really frustrating if they look that close and they just weren't there and the division was potentially for the taking, but given how bad they are, it just, I think it's almost a relief that, you know, I don't have to have that argument, even if, uh, yeah, just would be better. I mean, white, I think the division's bad. Uh, the Indians, I wasn't as bullish on them as years past, just because I didn't think they'd, you know, I guess the way, uh, they finished last year and the amount of wear and tear on the pitching staff, it's never been always completely healthy. And uh, they were kind of having to go with the more affordable routes in the offense. And yeah, just, I thought they're taking some chances here. Uh, and they're even, even then they're looking weaker than I thought. Yeah. Their bullpen got gutted in free agency. Yeah. And it's starting to show like there's a chink in the armor in the Indians bullpen. And just like the Royals, the Indians bullpen, uh, has been a huge weapon for them uh, to make games shorter. And when you got when you got Corey Kluber on the mound, and Kluber can hand off the ball to Andrew Miller, and then Miller can get it to Allen. I mean, that's an easy win. It seemed like in the last couple of years for the Indians. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how Cleveland does, and if the White Sox can. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think it's a focus thing, but if they can find a way to play some better baseball. Uh, be great to be a spoiler because those games against the Indians are coming, and the Indians may be 500 right now, uh, but they may be able to start inflating their record. Uh, last year, the Indians started 18 and 17 and still found a way to win 102 games. Yeah, just like the Twins use the White Sox to bounce back. Exactly, <laughs> that may be their role for the season, at least until you know, hopefully until Kopech and Jimenez maybe provide them a boost, but. In their current iteration, yeah, it seems like they're uh, they're confidence boosters. Well, hopefully Birmingham and Winston-Salem can uh, win their divisions, and then at least the White Sox have the Southern League and Carolina League playoffs to look forward to Yeah, in 2018. That will do it for this edition of Sox Machine Live. Thank you to all those that listened to the live stream on Mixler.com slash Sox Machine. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the live stream, no worries. Every recording of Sox Machine Live is uploaded into the podcast feed, which you can listen to in iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, Spotify, and of course, Audioboom.com slash Sox Machine. Sox Machine Live is a production of SoxMachine.com, your home for all things Chicago White Sox baseball. Alongside Jim Margulis, I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for listening. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash info, netsuite.com slash info. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. 
a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.